This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, welcome back to KVMR, Gary. Uh, So I'm going to talk about inflation or concerns about inflation that have been in the news lately. Uh, Both uh, the Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen have been commenting on inflation as well. Uh, So what about inflation and how are economists uh, measuring it at this point? Well, thank you, Paul. Yes, inflation has been in the news as the Fed keeps interest rates low to boost the economic recovery from the COVID-19 recession. And now Congress has passed and President Biden has signed the COVID economic relief package that's going to provide government fiscal policy support to boost the recovery. And, you know, that support in recent weeks we has given, you know, we've also seen some upward movement from the very low U.S. Treasury bond rates and those rising treasury bond rates are they're back up to what they were before covid now um you know is, is something that folks often will look at and think about you know inflation and potential inflation so that's a, a signal the markets have been you know talking about in recent weeks months i guess a couple months okay Gary, a very basic question. What is inflation and why is it important? (laughs) Inflation, Paul, is basically a change in the overall price level. Um, The inflation measures that economists follow are basically designed to measure the cost of a a basket of goods and services that consumers typically purchase over a period of time, like like a year. And they then can use that to track how the overall price level in the economy is behaving. Is it, you know, is it rising? Is it flat? Or is it, is it falling? And, uh, and today we want to know how fast that you know, overall price level is rising. Um, is it closer to the 1% a year that we've seen in some recent years? Or is it at 2%? The, the Fed's average goal for inflation today, or, or is, could it be at 10% a year? You know, 10% would be a level that would cause a, cause a significant disruptions and force everyone to start to adjust to a, a rapidly changing price level in the economy and rapid increases in an overall inflation rate. And that's, you know, that's somewhere we don't want to go. So uh, remember also that, you know, to measure the real output, uh, what the economy produces in a year, we need to know how much of that increase in spending is is just inflation or change in the price level rather than an, an actual increase in, in real goods and services that are produced. Okay, Gary. Now, it seems to me that in the 70s, inflation was much higher than it was in 2020, 2020. Why was that a problem? <laughs> Good memory, Paul. Uh, you must be remembering the 12 to 15% a year inflation rate in the late 1970s and early 80s, you know, depending on which measure you're looking at. And that caused businesses and lenders and borrowers and households, consumers, basically to, to spend considerable amount of time and resources just trying to figure out what the real price changes were and just what the rising level of overall inflation was. Um, you know, stopping that inflation was also costly. It took very high interest rates in the economy. Um, you probably remember the 20% prime interest rate uh, on business loans and, or the eight, 18% 
mortgage rates, you know, and that, you know, that also you know, came with two serious recessions over a period of several years to try and bring down the inflation rate to a three to five percent range that, you know, eventually led to today's low inflation rates. So, so yes, that, you know, high and rising inflation in the 70s and early 80s was a problem for the economy and, and the high interest rates and recessions that brought down inflation, you know, caused large costs to the economy for years in terms of high unemployment, you know, unemployment rate peaked at over 11 percent. You know, and businesses and factories were operating below capacity or in some cases not at all. So that, you know, that's a problem. So, Gary, how high has inflation been running over the past year or so? Is it still below the Fed's 2% goal? Yes, Paul. The What I call the PCE um, inflation number is running. Uh, for for the total basket of goods and services running about 1.6% over the past year february to february so you know measured inflation generally remains low and and most of the measures of expected inflation all seem to be relatively well anchored near the fed's you know 2% inflation goal so that's that's a plus as well gary what measures of inflation do you regularly follow or monitor i mean do they move together or are there differences between different measures there are several commonly used measures of inflation, Paul, that we might talk about. The Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes the Consumer Price Index, or CPI. Uh, that's one. Another important one is the Bureau of Economic Analysis. They publish the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index, or PCE. The CPI is commonly um, linked to Social Security and labor market contracts. You, you probably see it frequently in the media and the press. The PCE price index is the one I tend to follow a little more closely because it's the measure targeted by the Federal Reserve when it sets its two percent, you know, total inflation average goal. So, you know, those are those are two important measures to follow. The other part of your question was that they, while they don't move exactly together on a month-to-month or quarter-to-quarter basis, if you plot them or examine the trends and movements, you know, over time they're going to be very similar uh, inflation rates from both of these indexes, even though they're calculated and generated in different ways. Okay, Gary, sometimes I hear criticisms of the inflation numbers because they might exclude items like, say, food and energy. Why would economists measure inflation without including these really important goods that we all buy every week? Ouch, Paul, that that is an excellent question, though. There are different measures of most inflation indexes. The total ones include the all basket of all goods and services, including food and energy, and the total indexes are published, you know, from from almost all of the inflation indexes. But food and energy um, are relatively volatile. They move around more than most other types of prices. And so agencies also usually calculate a core inflation rate that excludes the food and energy category, and they can, you know, measures um, what's called core inflation. And because the core inflation numbers don't include the volatile food and energy prices, the core inflation data tend to show, um, be a little more stable over time. They don't show wide swings like the total index does when energy prices or food prices spike. So you can often get a better sense of the overall trend in inflation by looking at the movements over time in the the core index. So that's why economists look at at both of them, actually. And it's also important to to know that over time, both the total indexes and the core indexes tend to move together and and end up at about similar levels. Okay, Gary, uh, one more question. Uh, Didn't the Fed policymakers provide new inflation estimates after their March meeting? I mean, how high are the inflation rates uh, that they were projecting for 
2021 and 2022? Yes, Paul. Each quarter, the Fed policymakers release their projections for the economy over the next few years. And these projections are very useful for getting a a solid forecast on where the economy is going, where inflation is likely to go. And um, and also gives a sense of what the policymakers think are the expected you know, short-term interest rates that the Fed controls, what they're going to be. So uh, the policymakers' median projections for March 2021, a week or so ago, uh, were that we would you know, see that the projections basically show that they expect inflation will remain low um, and near the Fed's average inflation goal, although it will be probably be a little bit higher in, in 2021 and then drop back down towards the Fed's goal in 2022. So their inflation, uh, median inflation projection for 2021 is now 2.4%. That was up from you know 1.8% um, in December of last year. And um, then in 2022, they're expecting it to drop back down to 2%. So, you know, they're seeing a temporary increase in inflation in 2021 as the economy picks up speed, as the economy grows, you know, they're expecting rapid growth in 2021. So it makes some sense. Um, but as the economy moves back towards a more normal rate of growth, the inflation numbers they're expecting to, to come back down towards their 2% goal. So in 2022. Gary, thank you so much, and look forward to our next chat. You're welcome, Paul. Thank you. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. 